six sides of school I fat it no for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play Hey everybody and welcome to this episode of the UK Hockey Fan Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm Finn. And we're a father and son team of uh, Canadian hockey players living here near Oxford, UK. Um, We both play hockey. We both love hockey, especially the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, We got lots for you on this episode. Um, We're going to talk briefly about roller hockey versus ice hockey. What else we got? Uh, we've also got the big thing with uh, fans booing Jake Gardner oh, the other yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Uh, booing Gardner. Uh, we can talk about, so there's been a few games since we were last on. Um, so the Tampa game, um, which was awesome. A couple games where we stank. Yeah, so we're going to get uh, into the two-game losing streak and the Tampa game. Um, and also lockouts and draft picks. Yeah, okay. And uh, the goalie shuffle is pretty much over, but we'll talk about that as well. But let's kick things off talking about um, roller hockey. We mentioned, we talked a bit about roller hockey, I think, in our very first episode or um, back in 2018. And both you and I um, played roller hockey, competitive roller hockey, for local club Oxford Blues. I played for the senior team and you played... I played a year peewee and then a year youth. Yeah, so we thought we'd give it a try. Um, ice time, as you as you know, we always go on about how hard it is uh, to get ice time here. And um, so we thought we'd give roller hockey a go um, for, for a couple seasons. And um, the really odd thing about um, ice, ho- ice hockey versus roller hockey here, maybe it's the same in, in Canada and places, I don't know, is that... Um, you don't have full contact hockey in in ice until what age? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. It might be U13s, I think. Yeah. Whereas it's full contact straight off the bat in roller hockey. Yeah. And um, men's league hockey, so even like rec league or whatever else, um, in ice hockey tends to not be full contact, but in roller it is still full contact. And in fact, in the season that I played, I... Um, suffered a few injuries including broken collarbone yeah um i never really suffered any injuries but um i cracked a tooth oh yeah you cracked a tooth as well um so roller hockey came up again um in the last week or so there was some talk about how i can't remember who it was it mcdavid that was talking about how i think it was he was talking about how uh roller hockey was a good was good training uh, for eventually playing ice hockey, something like that, and it, it, that issue comes up again, uh, again and again from from time to time. And um, my experience with with roller hockey is that it is incredibly difficult um, on your ankles. It's really hard on your ankles, yeah, because the the pressure required to get those skates moving sideways in a normal hockey stop is like a hundred times harder than it is on ice. Do you think? Yeah, I mean. Neither of us really ever cracked it, but as soon as we got onto, uh, onto ice, it came, became a lot more easier. So there's there's stopping is difficult, and um, I mean some guys do it effortlessly. You know, maybe it's just, I'm just not as good at it as some people are. And um, but if you're an ice hockey player and you go to roller, it's got to be one of the first things that you notice that is difficult is the stopping. And so it I found it really limiting for my game. So you end up cutting tight corners when you really 
should come into a full stop and that sort of thing. Um, but I also found it really brutal on my uh, ankles and my knees and my, my hips used to ache, but I'm, you know, I'm getting on for 100 years old now or whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was really brutal. And then the other thing is, is that your stance is totally different. I think your stance is totally different because if you measure the height, the footbed height of an ice skate and take the identical boot, and we both wore essentially the same boots on roller and ice, uh, Bauer 1X or something like that, and um, if you measure the footbed height, it's slightly higher on a roller. And so that messes up your stance. And it certainly did for me. So when I went back, so after a season and a half or whatever playing roller, I went back onto ice and back onto a, a team um, playing in, on ice. And uh, my stance was all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you have to uh, put your legs a lot further apart. Just try and get more stability, especially with your... Uh skate thing and trying to uh, not kill yourself with that not with not being able to stop you need a lot I think you need a lot lower body position and then your legs then get out a bit further as well so uh, so yeah I think so I don't know I I think that you end up with a, a, a taller stance coming out of roller than you want because in in hockey a lot of guys especially guys starting out young young people starting out in hockey tend to stand too high in their skates and one of the toughest things to learn is to lower that stance get down lower and um you know get more solid on your skates and that sort of thing and i think just from the skates being slightly higher is my theory you can end up messing about um your your whole stance now some guys though having said that some people i've seen just move back and forth between the two and they play roller and ice yeah. competitively at the same time the seasons run at the same time and they're just one day doing roller and the next day playing on ice and i i honestly don't know how they do it yeah i mean i i have the same problem as you as soon so i played i started uh, some kind of learn to play thing in between my two roller seasons and um for the first couple of weeks of, do, of doing that uh, ice thing i could barely play uh, my starts just kind of all over the place it was really weird and then i got good and i went back to roller and ev everything was kind of in a way better because I've got better like kind of stuff from uh, ice that I can translate into roller but then I'd literally have to change everything about my game pretty much everything about my game other than a few core skills or uh yeah just a few core skills to uh then go back into roller hockey playing again well and then so then you get into the whole business about how strategically the game's totally different right so um roller competitive roller is four on four uh, there are no blue lines, and therefore there's no offside, and it's just it becomes a totally different game like that. But um, definitely, if you watch, especially young young people um, playing ice hockey who have recently played roller hockey, you can spot them a mile away usually because they have that sort of drag foot from stopping with um, with wheels on. So you can either power stop like an ice hockey proper ice hockey stop, but loads of people also have. Even even people that have mastered that stop also have an alternative stop, which is sort of a wheel drag type of thing. Yeah. And you see that on the ice, and you can spot someone who's a roller hockey player a mile away because they have that sort of drag foot type stop. So anyway, um, roller hockey is well and truly behind me. I've still got my uh, roller uh, roller boots, but uh, probably only ever play just with like you now shooting on if we were like set up a goal on a parking lot or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But um, but no, it was killer on the ankles. But anyway, I just wanted to mention it again today because it came up. I'm pretty sure it was, if you check, it was McDavid that was talking about how roller is a great entry into the sport and whatnot. And I mean, I think that if you don't live near ice, that's absolutely the case, that it's a good entry into the sport. And why not? At the end of the day, hockey's hockey, right? 
Um, but if you live anywhere near ice, I would definitely try and do it the other way around. Get on the ice first, and if you feel like you want more time and the only way you can get it is through roller, or they only run roller in the in the summer seasons where you are, absolutely give it a go. But um, coming the other way around out of roller into ice, in my opinion, was really it was a real challenge. Yeah, definitely. Um, Enough of that. Anyway, let's talk. Let's yeah. uh, shall we get on to um, talking about the gardener situation? Yeah, let's go on about that. So um, I was looking into this, and it was um, in the Colorado game, uh, game before Tampa, I think it was. So, so let's let's just stop there for a sec because what I want to do is wind all the way back for a minute to the playoffs last year. Yeah, I was going to say because we we we've got that down as something we want to so talk that, about because this is where it all really started, I think. And so the uh, I I'm a fan of Jake Gardner, and I think you yeah are definitely too. yeah yeah yeah. I think he's a great player. I think he's a great guy. He does he's like so many of the Leafs. He does great stuff for charity and everything else. And you see his family around and in, in various photos and videos and stuff like that he's a great guy um he's got a huge heart and he's one of the best defenders w- that we've got and i can't for the life of me figure out why people are so quick to jump on his back about stuff you know he's one guy um you know you look on the bench and there's you know 20 players sitting there and he's one of them and um this to me harkens back to the playoffs last year when we were uh, when we were in the playoffs and jake admittedly made a total error and um, ended up basically we crashed out of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've just I've just got this game up here. Um, it was after the second period we were winning that game four three game seven. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was either on Tory Krug or Jake DeBrusque's uh, goal. Uh, one of them tied them, and one of them basically won the game. And Jake just basically lost his man or something. He, I'm not sure it was even that. I think it was a failed breakout. He basically just passed it to oh. some Boston players for checking, yeah, and he just had like an been, empty net. It could have been so blatant like that. So that's where, and and I mean, the Jake hatred then just went on. Uh, the season ended on that terrible sour note, and loads of Jake hatred around. And he, I remember seeing him in interviews, and he was just broken up about it. Right. Anyway, so roll forward into this year and we still everybody knows as far as Leafs goes we've still got a problem um in the defense we still need a couple guys we're hoping like hell that Dubas is out there looking around um and then we play again the other night and what happens uh so we played against Colorado and um I'm not sure I ended up watching the full game um but I'm pretty sure he basically I think I think it was actually all from Mitch to be honest. I'm pretty sure Mitch turned it over and it was like a one on one uh Colorado guy versus Gardner and Gardner like messes up somehow and uh just let lets the guy through and just gets like a breakaway. Loses his man or whatever. And um and so what that led on to is you've got that certain element of fans who never get forgave Jake from last year. And um, we're pretty active on social media. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, you'll see us on there. But also we're in groups like uh, Leafs Nation and Leafs Nation UK and, and uh, on Facebook and same with Twitter. And so we're always having a look at the general murmur about Leafs and that sort of thing there. And you could see that there's always this undercurrent of Jake haters that uh, are always constantly going to, on about how crappy he is and everything else. And, yeah. and they tend, you know, so you could choose any one of our defenders to be to be honest 
and, and could easily find things to get you know down on them about. But for some reason, they focused on Jake, and I think that you know a lot of it goes back to playoffs last year. But anyway, so you've got all this Jake hater, all those Jake haters just sitting there waiting for an excuse to to put more negativity on the poor guy. And so in this game, of course, um, it's a home game, and uh, and our own fans start booing Jake Gardner. Yeah, I mean, if you're a true Leafs fan, if you're a downhearted Leafs fan, if you're if you're a downright hockey fan for any team, you would never boo your own team. Right? I, do ha- I, I totally do not understand this mentality. How could you ever boo your own players? Like, no matter what's happening in the game that has led you to be hacked off at your uh, at a, one of your own players, the situation is going to go from bad to way worse if you start booing your own team. I mean, it, it'll just kill morale. Not only for the, not only just horribly for that player, but for the whole team knowing that, well, the the their home crowd isn't even on their side anymore, right? Yeah. Um. I, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stick my neck out here a bit. I've been a Leafs fan um, my entire life, and this is the best hockey that I remember seeing the team play. And I looked on uh, Facebook, and in one of the on, in one of the Leafs groups on there, somebody was saying something to the effect of, "I posted on there saying, listen, I will never boo a member, an active member of our own team. If you're signed, if you're currently signed for the Leafs, you will never get a boo out of me." Yeah. Because you're on our team, it's this is our team, and you'll get nothing for, but support from me. I might be disappointed in your play from one night to the next. People are human beings, but you would never, ever hear me boo an active Leafs player. Um, and I sort of posted something to that effect in one of the groups, and I, was imme- I couldn't believe how many people came back and said you know, nasty things about how they felt it was totally within their right to boo, our own, boo their own team and that sort of thing. Yeah. And one of the craziest arguments that I heard was um, somebody said something to the effect of, uh, you know, we pay good money. I pay a lot of money to go and see the Leafs, and um, you know, they're just not delivering. And um, if, uh, if they're not delivering and I've paid good money, that's fully within my right to boo. And I'm just thinking, I honestly don't get the connection between those two things. How does paying good money for a ticket equate to that therefore i'm allowed to boo my own team i mean why even go if there's even the remotest possibility that you will end up booing your own team don't pay the money don't yeah go. Why, why why would you go in the first place i mean that, that that whole thing is crazy like obviously they're right in the way it's their right to boo right they're a fan but your own team i'm not sure you, you can't ever say they're not delivering because you go back to a couple years ago we'd lose every game right and then you kind of expected it, and now with this super team we have, everyone expects a win. But when you buy a ticket, it's like any hockey game, any any sports game you go to. You sorry, uh, yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah, you you're you never you're pre- never guaranteed to win. You gotta be prepared win. for whatever happens, right? Yeah, exactly. And so uh, coming back to that argument, I mean, then there's this other argument that people bring up about how the the fact that loads of rich people. Uh, people with loads of money, you can see them sitting in wicked seats at the game and they're just chatting away amongst themselves, totally oblivious to what's happening on the ice. And everybody brings up that issue and says, you know, who are these people in these great seats? Like, you know, Leafs fans would love to have those seats and be just like riveted to the game. You know? Yeah. And so taking those two arguments, it's sort of like, I'll tell you what, if you think that you are, you somehow have the right to boo your own team by paying for a ticket, 
most of us Leafs fans would pay you the same amount of money to not go. So, you know, from from me to anybody out here, out there listening to that, feel free to hit us back on social media or whatever. I say, you know, if you go, if you're, if there's even a chance that you'll boo your own team, please don't come to the game. Boo, yeah. boo your television set. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just don't get the whole point with like booing, your, booing your own team. As I said, it can be equated not, not just hockey, but any sport. As I said, you're not, you're not ever guaranteed a win. And the fact that someone would say that it's my right to boo just because they're not, they don't, they don't, they're not playing how that person thought they should be playing, doesn't equate to anything, right? No, that's crazy. Um, you know, I'm not even a big fan of booing the other team, but yeah. definitely not your own team. Anyway, so one of the things I forgot to mention at the very start of this is today's show we're going to do we're going to try and do a short format um, show. It's we're just blown away by how many people have started to listen and subscribe to the podcast. It's so great, and we're so we appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening. Um, we we we're amazed that anybody's interested in the kind of things that we have to say. But thank you so much. But one of the things that we do know, or some of the feedback that we have had, is that um, we were we're trying to do a long format show, which is about an hour and a half, and uh, loads of people just want you know a bite-sized podcast, something they can do on the go, you know, they they something they can listen to all at once, maybe on the bus or maybe on the train yeah. or maybe in the car on the way to work and whatnot. Most people, luckily, don't have to drive an hour and a half or whatever else. So our newest, our new idea is to try and do. We're gonna, we're gonna tr- test this out, and we'll do a sh- one short format show a week, and we'll do one longer um, format show. Yeah. And in the longer format show, we'll try and do more about the UK scene and uh, European league and stuff like that. And we'll get our buddy Scott and Cliff back and do Cliffy's notes, hopefully, on um, on on the longer format show. Tonight's one is going to be a short format show, and we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Anyway, Tampa. Should we get on the Tampa game? Yeah, let's, let's go on Let's Tampa. lift things back up a bit. Yeah, let's have a bit more that. fun in this, eh? All right. Um, so, 4-2 final score. Yeah. Um, 4-2 Leafs. Yeah. So, Tampa Bay, number one team in the league. Top, um, top spot in the league. Top of our division as well. Uh, top, of the, uh, top of our division and, more importantly, top of the league. And they've been stuck there pretty much the whole season. So, they are the Vegas of 2018-19 uh, season, right? So... Where Vegas had that great start and just stuck like glue at the top, Tampa's been sitting there, I think, pretty much for most of the season. Yeah, Nashville started off there, and then Subban got injured, and they lost a load of games, and then Tampa just stuck there. Got up there, and they've been there for a while. So anyway, really looking, we were really looking forward to um, testing the team out against Tampa. Um, you know, we've had this sort of up-and-down bit uh, stretch for the last little while, a couple wins, lo- a few losses, a few tough, lo- tough losses. So really going into that game, looking to test out the test out the lines and whatnot against Tampa, and so Leafs come away with a four-two victory, um, which is amazing, right? Yeah, and not only was it a victory against Tampa Bay, but it was also an away game as well. So you've already got that disadvantage. However, the Leafs have looked pretty. I'm pretty sure they got like the best road record in the league. Or yeah, something. we love playing on the road for sure, some, uh, especially because some our own fans reason. aren't there to boo us. But anyway, there we go. <laughs> no. Some fans were actually there and paid there to get... They paid, like, double the price for some, like, Tampa fans tickets or whatever on, like, eBay or whatever the night before or whatever. Yeah. And some of them genuinely bought tickets just to go boo. What? I'm not even lying. How how did you hear that? I saw something on Instagram. They were genuinely... As soon as Jake walked on the ice, they were genuinely least fans booing. I did did read something about that. That's, That's ridiculous. 
And so everybody in North America, you know exactly how geographically how far apart those teams are. So for people listening over here in the UK um, who aren't um, as, uh, as geographically aware of, the, uh, of North America, the distance from Toronto to Florida is, uh, I'm thinking it's probably about a five, six hour flight. It's quite a long way. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't drive it. I, dro- I drove it once at spring ba- break way back in the day, and I think it took us like nearly 20 hours or something crazy like that. So it's yeah. quite a long way. So you're not going to, you got to be pretty committed or more likely you're, you know, an expat Canadian living in Florida or something like that because loads of Canadians um, retire down there or whatever, work takes them down there. So anyway, uh, scoreline, 4-2. 4-2 Leafs win. Um, Tampa scored first. Um 9.48 into the first, uh, Braden Point. He's playing pretty well this season. Yeah, and so when you're playing away, and especially if you're playing away to a tough team like that, a winning team like that, you know, having that team open up the scoring means nothing, right? Literally yeah. nothing. Um, you know, you wouldn't even, uh, when you're watching the game, whatever, it's just like, yeah, okay, they scored. That's pretty much expected. So next goal. Next goal, uh, Leafs goal, Nazem Kadri, assisted by Kasperi Kapanen, Patrick Mahler. Good old Naz. I mean, I love Naz. And we both do. He's been having just, a, he's just so solid. He's just always there. He's tough. He's a, he's a great guy and, um, yeah. and a great player. And then every once in a while, he turns up and pops one in just to remind everybody how awesome he is. So Naz pops one in. Yeah, he, he uh, scored that goal, making it his 10th of the season. Yeah, that's all right. Um, second period, Leafs start off the scoring. Uh, Patrick Marlowe, 11th of the season, assisted by Nazem Kadri and Nikita Zaitsev. Yeah, all, always great to see Marlowe going. There is, um, they were talking on Steve Dangle about, uh, I think they mentioned the possibility of Marlowe going, and then there was, um, you know, there's these rumors around that he won't still be with us come summertime and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, which would be a tragedy because I love Marlowe. But anyway, so he, he gets one against Tampa. Yep. Um, and then Tampa scored to tie it up. Victor Hedman, assisted by Nikita, uh, Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. Right. Okay. So tie, tie it up, and we're still in the second period. Two all. Uh, second period, two all. And at, uh, with six minutes left to go of the second period, Mitchell Marner, 19th goal of the season. Uh, three two Leafs, assisted by John Tavares and Andreas Janssen. That's awesome. So Mitch popping one in. He's on. I mean, statistically, he's now on for what a five thousand point season. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's in for like over a hundred point season, which is like hasn't happened in Leafs history. Not not in recent Leafs history. Did we talk about his stat on the last episode? This um, business about best start. No, we didn't. I told you that just after we recorded that, actually. Yeah, it just yeah. came out. Uh, What's he's, that stat? Uh, he's had... The best th- three season start. Oh, no. Mo- uh, what is it? Most, in Leafs history, most 60-point seasons uh, in his career, like in the start of his career. It's a really weird stat. That is not even a stat, what you said there. Uh, obviously, you can tell that stats are not our strong suit. We know games and we know the Leafs, but... Um, but it's something like yeah, strongest start to is uh, strongest start of th- the first three seasons of his NHL career or something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and look. I'll try and look it up here. Um, anyway, it's awesome, and he's awesome. And so, where are we at now? Three two. Three two. Uh, going into third period, and uh, in third period, uh, 
with I think it's one. There looks like one minute left in the in the uh, third period. Uh, empty net goal. Zach Hyman, uh, assisted by Nikita Zaitsev and John Tavares. So typical pull the goalie uh, in a three-two situation, and um, we ended up uh, Lee end up popping another one in the empty net. So four-two uh, uh, against Tampa Bay. You know, and what a you know just an amazing result. Nothing feels better than knocking off the top place team, and I and I remember doing it um, against Vegas last year, and um, you know it's such a great feeling. And you think you know there just isn't anybody that we can't beat. You know, on a good night when everybody's clicking and uh, Leafs are flying, there isn't anyone in the team in the league that we can't beat. So that that's always great. So off the back of the Tampa game, um, we've had since then two more games. Two more games. Uh, Florida. And last night, Arizona. So um, I was going to say, p- before, I've got the Mitch Marner stat here. So Mitch Marner is the first ever player in Maple Leafs history to open up a career with three consecutive 60-point seasons. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's awesome. We love Mitch. Um, so Florida game, we lost. And uh, and Arizona game, we just uh, lost last night. Uh, yeah, so Florida game, 3-1 loss. Uh, Leafs actually started off the scoring. I'm uh, pretty sure if I look here, yeah, it was a away game. Uh, at least start off the scoring uh, with Ron Hainsey, uh, assisted by Morgan Riley and Kasperi Kapanen, one minute into the first period. Yeah, okay. Then what? Uh, two goals by uh, Florida, uh, Mike Hoffman and Matheson. Matheson. I don't yeah. know what his first name is. Okay, who cares? Yeah, um, and then empty net goal uh, in the third period. Right. Um, Vetrano. So, I, I sort of expected us to win that game. Everyone does. It seems with the Leafs that we somehow managed to make a really good game against the, the toughest teams in the league. And then we like somehow managed to win in some of them, especially like that Tampa game. And I'm not going to lie, it's kind of like my team here. Like We play against some of, the, some of the weak teams and either get a narrow victory or don't win as much as we're meant to or whatever. It, it's sort of like when I was a kid... It, the the it was just coming to the end of the era where if you look at photographs of guys sitting around the dressing room after a game back back in the in the day they were literally already drinking beer and uh, smoking cigarettes and all sorts of things like that and yeah. it's almost like they come off a big win like that and it's almost like they went on some big party and then just completely weren't up to the next game which they to- totally should have won but of course none of yeah. that happens anymore but um, but yeah, a big disappointment on the Panthers game. And then last night against the Yotes. Uh, Arizona Coyotes, Austin Matthews home team. Uh, we lost 4-2. to two. Uh, Once again, Leafs started off the scoring. That seems like a, a pattern here that isn't working out very well for them. Uh, Travis Dermott in the first period, 11.45 into the first. Assisted by William Nylander. And good, Freddy, good to see Willie getting a point on the board there. Yeah, and uh, Freddie the Goat. Oh, Freddie Gauthier. Gauthier, nice. Um, one of the things about Nylander is that um, the Bruins goalie, actually, uh, there was a stat, the Bruins goalie, uh, Yara, I think it's, Hull, is it Halak? Yeah. Um, he actually, uh, before this game, had more primary assists than William Nylander. <laughs> That's that was a terrible. stat. That is an embarrassing stat. Um, but now they're tied, so it's okay. So, um, what, do we get to the end there? 
Uh, no, that was uh, that was one. So that was that was all the scoring for the first period. Yeah, yeah. Second period, uh, Yotes tie at one-one. Um, Kempe, and then uh, they take the lead two-one. Uh, Keller. Right. Um, third period, uh, John Tavares ties it back up two-two. Good old uh, assisted JT. by Mitch Marner and Zach Hyman. Nice. Um, don't know how. I'm not going to attempt to say that name, but um. Uh, Yotes uh, take it three two, and then Cruz uh, empty net goal four to two. Yeah, right. So uh, a, another loss, um, which is which is sad, and also concussion. Is there a concussion in that game? Well, I didn't see that. Yeah. So um, oh, look, that's probably something I forgot. Is now. it Johnson? Um, Johnson. Oh my goodness! I've got it here. Uh, Andres Johnson suffered a concussion. Uh, last night's game, and he will not play Wednesday. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. So um, he's been solid too. So two big losses. Uh, another player on the IR. Who was in goal for those games? Uh, I'll try and find it just now. Um, I think we had Sparks in at least one. Flor- are you talking about the Florida game? Uh, Florida game was uh, Garrett Sparks. Yeah. And the Arizona game, I'm pretty sure I saw the most of the games i think it was yeah frederick anderson right okay gotcha to have two losses um i'm just looking at the time here we're gonna try and we're gonna try and cut this one off at 30 minutes for this um the short form program um um two i'm pretty sure we want to talk about two things so we want to talk about the lockout yeah um and then i just wanted to ask you if the leafs go into another slump like, yeah. b- b- before this whole Tampa thing, they'd, like, lost, like, four games in a row yeah, or something. Yeah. So, in this slump, I was wanting to ask you, uh, if I can find it. So, why number one, why do you think the Leafs are going through the slump? Yeah. Uh, so, just really quickly on the lockout, I think we'll bump that to um, the next, um, we'll talk about that in the next episode. Okay. Um, what we just want to bring up lockouts in general. All right. Uh, but coming on to that question, why do I think that we're um, heading into another, or do I think that we're heading into another slump? Because two games is barely a slump, right? Uh, yeah. So, number one, do you think that they're going to head into another slump? Yeah. So I don't think so. I think that um, we've been rattled by a few injuries, um, particularly all that craziness around um, uh, goalies. Goalies, yeah. Uh, which has shook us up at the back. I think that people getting on Gardner's case and booing him and things like that is not helping. Um, you know, I, I think that morale might have just dipped a little bit, which is a shame. But um, and you know, and an injury uh, with Janssen. Uh So two games in, no, I don't think we're going into a slump. Uh, so we're playing the Caps next game. Yeah, uh, I think it's that's going to be a tough right one. Right here, Wednesday night, but it's like Thursday morning for us. Yeah. Um. So if we lose that game. Well, that's pretty. We can pretty much call it an offici- officially a slump, right? Yeah. Um. But right now, after losing a couple games, um, what do you think will be the turning point, and what do you think the Leafs will have to do to win in that Washington game? Yeah. So we could do with uh, opening up the scoring, and uh, putting two up on the board uh, before. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to it'd be nice to open up a game with a a couple unanswered goals. Uh, yeah. rather than, um, you know, we sort of played tic-tac hockey the last couple of games for a while. We've been playing goal, trading off goals, you know, yeah. and um, letting them, letting the other team score first uh, is, you know, 
always an issue for us. We tend we tend to carry a lot of momentum through the game if we draw first blood. So I think that you know if we could if we could do that, it will turn it around for us. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm looking at the whole January here. Um, we started off against Minnesota and lost. Then we won against Vancouver, lost against Na uh, Nashville, uh, won against New Jersey, lost against Boston and Colorado, won Tampa, lost to Florida and then Arizona. So that's the whole of January, and then Washington is our last game of January. Yeah, I okay. think I think the All Star break is after that. And so there's no game this Saturday either, is there? Uh, no, I think it. I think it's. Is it the All Star weekend this Saturday? Yeah, it could be. So we'll do maybe do a uh, next podcast on Saturday night if there's no hockey on. Mm. We could aim for that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Well, anyway, listen. Let's uh, let's wrap this one up and keep it keep it nice and short. All right then. Uh, so so um, some quick shout outs like usual. Um, shout out to Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde and Jesse Blake because we love your podcast and we um, we always listen. We're big fans. Um, who else? Uh, James Foley, who is the admin and owner of Leafs Nation Facebook group. Uh, we love your group and uh, and it's awesome. And we get loads of info from there. We're proud members. Um, All Star Sports in yeah. Swindon. Uh, our friend Ian Clark, Clarkie, uh, has a great shop in here in Swindon in Wiltshire, and uh, he actually comes to Oxford um, once a week on training nights when uh, when your team's there training, and brings sort of a pop up shop because yeah. it's really hard to get stuff otherwise. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, and then our regular regular folks like uh, True Hockey, um, Sherwood Hockey, Sports Green. Sports Screen. Um, who else we got there? Uh, Beer League Republic, who we love. Yeah. Um, I'm forgetting someone. Uh, Bionic Skate Blades. Yes. We, whom we also love. And uh, both of us use Bionic Blades. Uh, absolutely awesome. Right. We're going to cut this one short. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back with a long form show later on in the week. Um, have a great week, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And make sure to follow us on all our social medias. Yeah, do. Subscribe. See you next time. Here's the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good.